This episode will introduce you to Laura and Justin Gibson. They own the Heirloom Bakery in Coweta County, Georgia, about 38 miles south of downtown Atlanta. On September 21st, an electrical fire burned the 22,000-square-foot structure to the ground. We're just so grateful that these guys have people in their lives who are encouraging them to do the right thing or to help others. The boys that Laura is referring to, the Trinity Christian Varsity football team. Heirloom Bakery sits about 50 yards from Trinity, and when the fire broke out at 5.30 in the afternoon, the lines were mid-practice. This episode, you'll hear from Trinity Christian head coach Kenny Dallas. Look, we want to win, but we want to win both on the field and off the field. Here's a scripture that said, what will profit a man if he gains the entire world and lose his own soul? What would it profit us if we win a state championship, but we lose souls of our kids? For years now, a mantra that Coach Dallas has instilled in the minds of his student athletes, there are two types of people in the world, those that run towards danger and those that run away. I couldn't be more proud of these kids. In 52 minutes, I think that you'll flag this episode of Cadillac Jack, my second act, as one of the most impactful and powerful you've ever listened to. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things that you are already talking about with your family and your friends. We talk about current events. We talk about pop culture and music, plus endearing and revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Episode 311. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. Um, okay, so I have perfected, you know, I told you last episode, I perfected the art of the resting biatch face. When Olivia colored her hair or when it's moments of not crisis, but just things that you're sort of taken aback by, I have learned that the calmer you remain, the more it either just sort of chills the situation or the more off-putting it is to someone because they're like, well, she's pretty calm, so it must not have bothered her. But meanwhile, inside, you could be like, you know, going insane, but you don't want the other, you know. You just don't want to like don't want to show all your cards. Don't, well, it's not even cards. You just don't want to get that frenzy going, especially with the kids, because again, if someone colors their hair purple, they're probably looking for a reaction, you know. Um, so there's that. And then I have also perfected the art, which I used this past weekend at a charity event that you and I were at. Um, of the I'll be right back. Excuse me, I'll be right back. That's what you say. Excuse me, I'll be right back. So, you know, over our lifetime, because when you were working in radio and I was working in radio, we had to do a lot of like charity events and just events and parties and client things. And most people you really want to have a conversation with. But there's just those days when maybe you've had a long day, maybe you're tired, maybe you're just, I don't know, drunk, maybe you're, I'm just kidding. But like, maybe you just don't want to have a conversation with someone. So I always find that people have a hard time, like, you know, you stay too long for the conversation. And you're like, I'm stuck in this now. So what you do is you say, excuse me, I'll be right back. And that can mean like your shoe broke, you've got to throw up, you've got to go number two, you've got to go number one, you've got to get a drink, you whatever. And then you just don't come back. And you just don't come back. And when you say, and you have to say it nicely, you have to say, excuse me, I'll be right back. But, see, that, 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 but that's from my playbook. And you would normally give me hell about something like that. That's something I would do. Well, and I don't use it a lot. This is very infrequent that you'll see me use it. But I did use it Friday. Who was it? I'm not going to talk about who it was, but I think you know. Because I just, this person is just all kinds of nutbags. And I just did not want to get swept up in this conversation for whatever reason. And so I was just like, excuse me, I'll be right back. And honestly, they were really in the conversation with you. 
So that's even worse when you're like the second party and you just have to hang around for the secondary conversation. Oh my goodness, I know who it is. You know who it is? Yes. And it's like the him. secondary conversation him. that you really don't want to have, but now I've got to listen to it and I'm really not a participant in it. And so yeah. you just, and, and they almost feel sorry for you when you I, say- I even had a tough time with that dismount, to be honest with you. You did? From that conversation. Yeah. Oh, like you getting out of yes, it. Yes. After uh, you abandoned me, yes. with that. Because you can't then use what I used. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I can't say, excuse me, I'll be right back too. Because <laughs> then they're not in the conversation anymore. Right. Well, and then they become a little suspicious of, of you and uh, both of us. Yeah. And our intention. And then when I saw him later, he was like, where'd you go? And that's the worst case when they pin you back down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got stuck in here talking to a couple of people that I hadn't seen in forever. So you've got to continue to perpetuate that situation. You know what I mean? I do. I do. Yeah. This also, this also, remember the dinner you and I had uh, a couple of weeks ago at uh, Citizen Solar Homes or yes. somewhere in downtown Alfreda? And we were talking about the fact that sometimes rather if you know you're not interested or you know that something just is not going to work or you know that just it's not in the cards, right? Rather than string someone along, all right, whether it's a charity, whether it's a, a, another couple wanting to do dinner, whatever the case may be, you simply shut it down. Remember mm. this conversation? Yes. You shut it down by saying this, that just doesn't work for me. And yeah. that leaves them no wiggle room. Now, I did tell you, I think that one is good for work. Like that just doesn't work for me. However, there's some problems. There could be some follow-up to that. Because if, if I'm trying to get you to help save the clowns for the Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus, and I need you for my clown charity, okay? And I call you up and I say, Cadillac Jack, can you come and help with the Save a Clown on the 14th of November? And you say... Let me check my schedule. No. Oh, no, no. no I don't Remember say what that. you just said. You say what well, you... But, but originally, though, I would probably say... Okay, but, let me check. Let me talk to Donna. Let me check the calendar rather than say I have absolutely zero interest in helping to save the clowns. Okay. But that's, we, you just said you were going to say that doesn't work for me. Okay. But that's, yeah. Okay. That, but, that doesn't work for me. And then I'm going to say, well, what day does work for you? None. Because I have oh, no shoot. interest in helping to save the clowns. Okay. Yeah. And I think people have to find the art too of like, well, I think people are concerned sometimes about other people. So they ask follow-up questions, but you also have to be the kind that just doesn't continue to follow up. Like if someone tells you something, just take what they've given you. And go with it. And just run with it. Because that's all they want to offer up. That's all, that's all they, they want yeah. you to know. And it's none of your business to begin with. Not that, that I'll get back to you. That doesn't work for me. No, no. It's, that doesn't work for me, period. What day works for you? No, none. Because that just doesn't work for me. The idea, everything about what you just said just doesn't work for me. <laughs> They'll say, you know what? Yeah, let me check my calendar. When you know damn well, you're going to commit to it. And then you're going to wiggle your way out of it with two days before the event. And I just, I've had a really long October. That's how this all kind of came about. I said yes to too many things, and I wound up hosting about eight events in the month of October. But they've all been really good. They have been fantastic events. And you do a great job. Thank you, but I bit off more than I can chew. Yeah. I bit off more. I agreed to do much more than I ever would meant meant to ever do in 30 days, ever, ever. Yeah. And the month is almost up, and I'm I'm about done. I have one more this Saturday, but I I just, I said yes to too much. I forgot you have another one. Yes. Yes. And I'm done after Saturday, and then I'm not doing another event for about six months. I'm going to take six months off and go to Turks and Caicos or something. That's it. All right. Remember last episode, we also had the conversation about Harry Styles and uh, Olivia Wilde and Jason S. What's and the, uh, Jason Sudeikis. And now all these people are weighing in. Like his ex-girlfriend or whoever he was running around with. He wasn't running around. This was actually, I guess, after they split. She's weighing in about Olivia's salad dressing. Well, she posted the recipe, which we put in the letter last Saturday. We, we discussed, we had a conversation about how Jason S. was alerted to the affair because of the Apple Watch. Okay, because Olivia Wilde, who was directing Harry in a film and also directed him in his trailer to drop his pants. Oh, my Lord. Uh, she left her Apple Watch on the counter one day, went to the movie set, went to the set wherever they were filming. Jason S. sees her Apple Watch on the kitchen counter and thinks, hmm, 
Um, I'm, I'm going to scroll through this and see, see what I can find, which is a whole nother conversation, which I think we're going to have soon, but we just don't have time in this episode. The snooping thing, the snooping element, does that give you, does everybody have a license to snoop? And what do you do with the information that you may learn or may not learn? Anyway, so uh, that's how he finds out. And I mentioned, I said, you know, this has happened before where someone was alerted to an affair because of a, something to do with technology. Remember when that basically what I said? Mm-hmm. And I found the story. All right, I found the story. You ready for this? Fitbit does record and share, your, um, among other vitals, your heart rate. So if you're paired to your spouse, your Fitbits are paired or married or whatever it is, you can see the other person's vitals, right? And information, a fitness plan, whatever. Because you're like, you know, how many steps did you do today? Did you, like Olivia and I used to do this, we would share our rings. Like, oh, did you close out your ring with like doing your number of steps or whatever? So you're like sharing, you know, you're almost like not competing, but you know what I mean? You're motivating each other. Jane Slater was a correspondent for the NFL Network, and she gave her ex-boy, now ex-boyfriend a Fitbit for Christmas as a gift so they could track each other's activity levels and, and, and to motivate each other. How did that go? Well, so she suddenly sees some suspicious rapid increase in his heart rate and physical activity at 4 a.m. He was unaccounted for at 4 a.m., and his physical activity levels were spiking in the app. Wish the story wasn't real. She wrote, uh, she wrote in a post on, a, I guess, a blog. Um, she added, spoiler alert, he was not enrolled in an Orange Theory class at 4 a.m. Yeah. So that's how that was. That was a story I knew that I, I, I read or heard or somebody had told me something similar to the whole Apple Watch thing about busting your spouse. And to make the experience even more painful, at the time she was preparing to celebrate his birthday. I was at his ha- home with balloons ahead of his birthday planned the next day. She was so concerned about where he was, she even contemplated calling the police. And that happens with people. Don't just assume your partner's having an affair, of course. Fitness trainers uh, can't distinguish, fitness trackers rather can't distinguish between sexual activity and other forms of cardio. So your your, your, your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend could, could could be doing some cardio for you as well. So uh, slip off your, your Fitbit with your drawers if you're going to do some, uh, some activities that would make your heart rate spike. Less than a week away if you're listening on Upload Day. Today is Tuesday, October the 25th. This coming Monday is Halloween, Donna. Can't can you, wait. Can you believe that? Well, I can wait about that. But uh, then we have Thanksgiving. Why don't you like Halloween? I've never liked Halloween. Uh, Thanksgiving then is around the corner. And then you got uh, Christmas holidays. Is Halloween considered a holiday? It shouldn't be if it is. Yes, it is. Why is would it? it not be considered a holiday? It's not a holiday. Halloween's not a holiday. What are we going to do about Monday, though? Trick or treating on a Monday. That sucks, doesn't it? Just put your bowl out and turn your light on. Uh, you, gallery furniture. You, you uh, can do that if you're antisocial. Yeah. That. Gallery, gallery furniture is ready for you and uh, your holiday table needs. Don't forget the leaf, Donna. The leaf's always uh, in the attic, or the leaf's always in the. Uh, the coat closet, right? You got to pull out your leaf to make your your, your dining room table longer, right? If you need yes. to expand it and yes. you don't have a leaf, then you need to get gallery furniture. You need to get the gallery furniture. My leaf does not come out of my table, so it is there permanently. And so the the ironic thing about a leaf and a not leaf is with my table, it always looks like um, that movie, um, The Royal Tannenbaums. If four of us were to sit down at that table, we would be like miles apart from each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Adams Family or something. But yes, if you do not have a leaf, which a lot of people don't, that's a Southern thing, then you need to go and get other tables. And someone was telling me the other day that like, they went up to gallery and actually just got some little bistro tables, which a friend of ours also did for their um, workplace. And they look amazing. Um, But these bistro tables are good just to pull out when you have like, 
these holidays where there's just extra people. And then the extra people may have extra kids and they come with this and that. And so you're not just cramming all these people around a table, but instead of having like a kid's table where they're, you know, sitting on your couches spilling everything, you can pick up these bistro tables and they're great. You can use them all around your house or just kind of store them in your garage or your basement and pull them out when you've got a birthday party, when you've got, you know, again, a big holiday coming. Make sure that your couch is company ready. Now, what by, what I mean by that is, remember, we've talked about this before. If you have a pullout couch, you don't need to tell people that unless they are the pullout couch worthy, okay? I, I explain, I don't understand. Well, so if you have some relatives coming in, they're like, listen, we're going to be here a day or two, but we'll just sleep on the pullout couch. Just be like, I don't have one. Oh, I see, okay, yeah. Yeah, so do not let them off. see that lever right, right, right. that, that you that can pull out. That doesn't work for me. Don't yeah, it doesn't that, work. Yeah, that yeah, doesn't work for that me. That doesn't work for me. This couch doesn't work for you, and that doesn't work for me. But if you do need a sleeper sofa, Dawn is the place to go. If you need extra mattresses, if you've got people coming, there's nothing worse. I've had this happen before when people come and stay with me and then complain about the damn mattress. They don't come back. I know. Do we have a list of those people somewhere to make sure that they don't don't present themselves? Yes. But sometimes you just forget about your mattresses because you've had them so long and you've got great comforters and comfy sheets and all that stuff, but you forget about what you're sleeping on every night. Well, think about that. Also, if you have a, a bed in your guest room, and I would imagine that most do, what guest rooms are for. When was the last time you slept on, you know, on your, in, in your guest bedroom? You slept in the bed in your guest room, unless you were, you know, told to go there and, and spend the night. Oh, you know, Lord. chances are you haven't you haven't been in there and then laid down on the mattress. It could be time to to to, to flip it, or better yet, go get you a new one. All sizes, great prices, gallery furniture. Sixteen hundred Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Don on Instagram. The new account follow at Ask for Wolfman Furniture at Ask for Wolfman Furniture on Instagram. For Gallery Furniture Gainesville. Thank you, Donna and Gallery Furniture, for your support of this podcast. Also, support from Fayetteville Ford, FayettevilleFordGA.com, home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Go see them, Fayetteville Ford. Good people that treat you right. You get a fair deal, they get a fair deal. Everybody gets a fair deal. Everybody gets a Ford. Everybody's a Ford and a fair deal. And, you know, that's what everybody should get. If you, if you expect more than a fair deal, about anything in life, much less just buying a Ford, not just about buying a Ford, Donna. But if you expect anything more than just a fair deal, then you're being greedy, right? Brightmore Healthcare, thank you for your sponsorship of this podcast. My second act also brought to you by Awesome Alpharetta. Play a while and stay a while and find your awesome, awesomealpharetta.com. Well, we like dancing together and <clears throat> Rosie makes me feel more confident when um, because i got something with me. You always, is this your costume? We love pink. Do you remember the little girls that used to be on the Ellen show, Sophia Grace? And yeah, yeah, well, no, they were just friends. They actually weren't related. One of them is having a baby. Like that's how much time has gone by. Everybody remembers turning that show on and those little girls singing around in that British accent. Uh, Hopefully at least 18, 19, 20, 21. Well, she's 19. Okay. Yeah. She's in love, I'm sure. Let's hope so. Music is our primary classification by Apple Podcasts in that same category in the Apple Podcast Library every week. There are about uh, 43,000 podcast titles classified as music. Thanks to you, your loyalty, and telling all your friends about this podcast. We uh, consistently pop in the top 100 every single week. We love music, all types of music, all genres of music, music a big part of our lives. Uh, Don and I met at the former Kicks 1015 radio station here in Atlanta for, uh, gosh, combined 40 plus years we had there. Country music station. We love country. That's where we, uh, that's our, uh, that's our, 
It's our wheelhouse. It is, but uh, we we love and respect and listen to all types of music. You're going to add some Taylor Swift. I'm going to yield both of my slots to you as you uh, talk a little Tay-Tay. Taylor Swift Midnight's is available now, and you got two songs specifically you want to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about more about numbers um, in the next episode, and I know a lot of people are not Swifties. I am. I'm not the type of Swifty that some Swifties are. Woo! Um, but I do. I'm a, I am a Taylor Swift fan. I love people who are incredible writers, and she is that. So um, Midnight, uh, Midnight's came out, and basically it is songs that she kind of wrote about what keeps you up at night. And there is that weird uh, time period between like midnight and say 4, 5, or 6 a.m. when sometimes your thoughts just overtake you. And um, those are the songs and the feelings and the thoughts that she wrote about. And I will say, if you are looking for an album that is uh, bright and happy, this is not it. Um, This is moody. This is just very kind of uh, introspective, but it's good. It's not like the last one that was kind of the same. The last two. Yeah, this is a little different, I will say. It's it's more grown up. It's more adult. I like it. And it it there are definitely, whereas the last one was more about fairies and pixie dust and all that good stuff. Hollow trees. This is really about people, people in her life. And so my favorite song, my favorite song that I just cannot get enough of is Vigilante Shit. Well, he was doing lies. And crossing all of mine Someone told his white collar crimes To the FBI And I don't dress for villains Or for innocents what is she saying? The first words he was telling lies or doing lines, doing lines, doing lines and covering the blinds. Yeah, and okay. the, to the first um, lyric is you know draw the cat eye uh, sharp enough to kill a man. It's like there we go, right out of the damn gate. And if you got if you watch the reaction of Swifties hearing that first line, they were like because you know it's all over TikTok. They're like. Holy Tadukas. Um, so it's just about, you know, get some vigilante shit on some people who just karma's a bitch, things that people do to you. But what it's really about for her, most people believe, is her relationship with the one and only Scooter Braun, who, as you know, bought her masters um, from her and really screwed her. really screwed her over. And no matter what you, again, what you think about Taylor, he did screw her over. Well, Scooter Braun was married to a beautiful woman named Yale Cohen, who um, started the charity F-U-C-K Cancer, and they have two kids. And so the lyrics about this, everyone has been reading into. Some people think it's about Kim and Kanye. I don't. I think it's really, I agree, it's about Scooter Braun. Just listen to some of this stuff. It's like crazy. Um, okay, so she needed cold, hard proof, so I gave her some. She had the envelope, where you think she got it from. Now she gets the house, gets the kids, gets the pride. Picture me thick as thieves with your ex-wife. Yeah. Um, and just so you know, last month, a divorce settlement happened. They finally got it settled. And, and let me tell you something. Living who? Scooter and, and Scooter Yale? Scooter and Yale. Okay. Yale's from Israel. She is beautiful. But let me tell you something about these two. They appeared and were for a long time when they had two kids, happy as they could be. Because Yale knew nothing about what was going on. And even so much so that when all the stuff was going on with Taylor, lots of women came at Yale to say, Listen, you need to tell your husband to back down. Like, you know, and again, not so much female solidarity, but just in general, artist solidarity. You know, tell him to back up and she supported him and supported him. Well, let me tell you something. Out of nowhere, and this was the most bizarre thing, because they were one of those couples that just seemingly perfect. And out of nowhere, 
all of a sudden they're getting divorced. And a lot of people thought it was about finally she, Taylor, I mean, that Yale had had enough about kind of Taylor had reached out and given a receipt. No, 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 no. But But it's just like scooters kind of bullying or something. She had maybe seen the size of it. She's got a conscience. Conscience. No. So he has to pay 20 million to her and he pays $60,000 a month in child support. But I mean, these lines in here, she's, what's she accuse him of? And, and, what am I he, missing here? So he, she delivered, she delivered an envelope that had all the affairs that he'd been having. Oh, I see. But yeah. why, why is the FBI involved? She mentioned the FBI. Um, there's, there's something related to what he did, how he obtained Taylor's things. The masters. Yes. Okay. So that the FBI is on that now. And, um, but I mean, these lines in this song, I mean, again, this girl can deliver them. I mean, she may be like a, a dingling it to some people, but I mean, these well, she's lyrics. Not, no, listen, she's not that. Never has been. She's these always, lyrics. Yeah. And so the other thing is that the, the, the line that, you know, the line that's repeated over and over again is, is, I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. I don't start shit, but I can tell you how it ends. Don't get sad. Get even. Um, she, in the whole car brief, driving in your bins. She, and she looks so pretty. Lately, she's been dressing for revenge. Ladies always rise above. Ladies know what people want. Someone sweet and kind and fun. Us ladies are simply enough. While he was doing lines and crossing all of mine, someone told his white-collar crimes to the FBI. Song number two that I'm adding is Snow on the Beach, and it's just a beautiful song. And so that song is a collaboration with Lana Del Rey, which a lot of people are saying is what this sounds like. A lot of people are saying it sounds like Billie Eilish, too. Um, but a lot of talk about this Lana Del Rey. Um, you really probably won't know that Lana's in this a lot because it's just kind of in the background. But um, she also named checks to Janet Jackson. I'm all for you like Janet. Ah, she says in the song. But basically, the song is about falling in love with someone when two people are falling in love at the same time and wondering, you know, are you going to screw it up? Which Am, am I going to screw this up? Um, so, yeah, is this like you're falling in love? Is this a dream? Is this real? Is it happening? What's going on here? So, there we go. Midnight's and Taylor Swift available now. She is uh, breaking all sorts of download and, and, and streaming records. We'll have the numbers for you. Find out how week one for Taylor and Midnight's went coming up next episode. Can I check my second act? One thing too, there's a little cussing on, on yeah, the album. Let talk, let's talk about this real quick. doesn't bother me, but I know it bothers Charlotte, you. Well, it does. Charlotte and I, Charlotte's her 16 year old daughter. She's a, a junior in high school. We were listening to it. Uh, the day it came out and I heard her drop the F bomb. As a matter of fact, in the song, I think you just did uh, yeah. snow, snow on the beach. Yeah. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, did she just drop the F bomb? And Charlotte, of course, like, yeah, dad. And I said, that's the first time I believe I've ever heard Taylor Swift drop the F bomb. And Charlotte, of course, you know, talk about receipts. Nope. And it was another song from one of the other two yeah. Woody Earthy albums that she dropped during the pandemic where she dropped. She also she, several times dropped GD. I know yeah. ta- I knew Taylor when she was 15 years old before she got a record deal. And it just, because Charles give me hell. She's like, dad, she's 32. She is. Yeah. And still, I'll also say, but I, I, but, I just, I cringed. Uh, but here's my thing about it. Like, you know, most of these kids listen to rap 24 seven and the stuff that is in the rap songs, it's like, come on. You know, like it's interesting to me because I've heard a couple of, you know, Karens on TikTok saying this about, and, and I get it. Listen, this is an older version of Taylor. It's probably not for your 11 year old or whatever, but guess what's also not for your 11 year old? Shaking your rear end a wop. So I just, I'm kind of like, it kills me again, the backlash that she gets for cussing, but yet parents have no problem letting their kids listen to, you know, songs about whatever, 
shaking it and doing it and what you're doing. I mean, just like it's just, it, I don't know. It, it does feel like a double standard, I have to say. But I also understand that there is some shock value because she's the, you know, she was everyone's little sweetheart when she was writing about Tim McGraw, you know. And that's dropping the F bomb saying GD. Every year when you drive down, uh, I, let me say this. When I used to get up at 3.30 in the morning, 12 years host morning show, you'd be on the road at 4 o'clock and on your way down 400 southbound to Sandy Springs. And every October, I would turn certain corners on roads, and then I would just be, the shit would get scared out of me. Because you'd, pass, you'd, you'd see one of the scarecrows in downtown Alpharetta. Yes. You know? Now, you're and, cussing in the Alpharetta spot. But I don't, I, but I, well, but unlike Taylor Swift, I don't drop those other two words. Okay. I never will. Yeah. In the podcast, anyway. And they take movie themes and book themes, and they really bring them to life. And they're so cute. And you can park, as we've said before, free parking in Alpharetta. We're very two proud of decks. it. Two parking decks. So you can go get some brunch, get some lunch, and walk around. And it's basically a tour of the scarecrows. And they're just so cute. Over 150 scarecrows designed by local schools and, and, and nonprofits and classrooms uh, on display through November the 2nd. We talked earlier in this podcast. Monday is Halloween. Boobash at Wills Park, October 22nd, which is this weekend. Or what are you doing with that? Are you feeling that? What are you doing? Yeah, something like that. Trick or drink at Avalon. Oh, boy. The 28th. When is the 28th on? Look at your calendar if you don't mind. The 28th is, are we talking of November? Uh, no, but, uh, Halloween, hello, October. Okay, October. Oh, yes, they are trick-or-treating at Avalon this weekend. Okay, yes. Okay, okay, but if you're listening on upload it's day, today's Friday. the 25th. Be Friday, thank you, Don, be yes. Friday. Uh, at Avalon, Halloween celebration filled with tricks and treats and plenty of booze. Mm. Come dressed in your most spectacular costumes to sip specialty cocktails and dance the night away to a live DJ. Uh, then also, as Don is mentioning here, you got the uh, trick-or-treat with the kids at Avalon. You go store-to-store, go to concierge to get your bag. And then you go store to store and pick up, uh, you know, some candy, stuff like that, some some good treats. Unless you go to Donna's store and you can wind up with a big a pin, pin. Mm-hmm. or a, a beer koozie or something. That's appropriate for the kids. Uh, that's going on this week. Plus, Jekyll Brewing. Donna, get your calendar out. So make okay. sure we, uh, we, we, we tag these right. I'm ready. Um, where was Jekyll? The Jekyll Brewing, which is a downtown city center. I have my calendar ready. Where are you going to find that? Uh, Barktoberfest. Oh, I love that. You can bring your dog to drink. The 29th, noon to five. There dog is costume always something contest, going on. A dog costume contest. Oh, prizes. dogs love costumes. Mm. Dollar per Big Creek beer purchase goes to Barkville. Mm. Going to have a raffle, great beer, tons of fun, much more going on in Awesome Alpharetta. We'll include everything in the letter this Saturday. Uh, text left on red. Red is the color. R-E-D, no spaces. Left on red to the number 22828. To subscribe to the letter for free, hit your inbox Saturday morning at 910. And uh, we'll have all the information that you need to come join us in Awesome Alpharetta. Come play a while. Stay a while. AwesomeAlpharetta.com. Laura and Justin Gibson, owners of Heirloom Bakery in Sharpsburg. Sharpsburg, Georgia is in Coweta County. Coweta County is about 22 miles south of Hartsfield, about 35 miles south of downtown Atlanta. In Coweta County, the county seat is Noonan, Alan Jackson's hometown, Sharpsburg, about uh, three miles from Noonan. On September 21st, an electrical fire sparked a massive blaze that burned it to the ground. I spent uh, a couple of hours with Laura and Justin Gibson about two weeks ago, about a week after the fire, to get their stories. The story of loss and devastation, gosh, just conviction. It's a story, but most of all, their story is one of faith. Excuse the mess. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, is, this is brand new. Right? I mean, yeah, we just built the okay. drive through. Oh, so that, that survived. Yeah. 
as the firefighters were pushing it, they just kept pushing it and pushing it, and it kind of stayed on that side. But like all of this, like the fire never got here, but this is all just smoking. Smoke. It's almost as if it's a um, like a movie because yeah. you you look and you see just the the I mean that those windows alone are yeah. eerie in a way. Yeah, you know I mean because that's that's fire. It's 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 devastating yeah. in so many ways, mentally, physically, financially. Yeah. On the other side of this wall is our bakery where we made our donuts okay. and our cakes and everything. And we can't even access that because everything just fell on top of it. Same with this room. Vendors have been able to come in and kind of salvage some mementos or keepsakes with them. They right. Got, their sign was metal and they got to keep it. And even if you could wipe the smoke off, you can't, right. you can't remove it from the smell. For sure, because it's so strong, it's so pungent. Even but, if you stand here, it's just... Yeah. What was the square footage in the for the building? 22,000. Wow. Yeah. February 2020 is when, you know, COVID started. Yeah. You know, we're a brand new business. Sure. In way over our heads as far as Imagine. knowing what we're getting into. Right. I'm going to take this call. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As Justin steps away for just a moment to take a phone call, I continue to be in awe of the damage that the fire had caused. Wow. Golly. Whew. It's heartbreaking. Laura and Justin live in Sharpsburg, about a mile from Heirloom. Laura was on her front porch, saw the smoke in the sky, and like so many that Wednesday afternoon that looked up in the sky and wondered where the smoke was coming from, Laura had no idea that the business that she and her husband Justin had put everything into was on fire, and everything would soon be lost. But one thing, their faith in God. We've got to take care of our people, and we know if this is where God wants us, he's going to help us do that, too. Since we, the day we've opened, it's never been easy. You know, three months after we opened, we, we, we all go through COVID. Our hearts have always been to honor God in our business. He'll test you every now and then, capital H. He He'll does. Test you. <laughs> yes, he definitely will. He's bigger than any situation that we'll ever experience. Somebody wrapped it overnight for us, kind of made the most of it. We're like, it's the COVID emergency donut response vehicle. Love it. Originally, we thought it was going to be a snow, like a ice cream man. Drive around the neighborhood, you come out. It quickly, like in three days, it quickly turned from that to we're going to be out there. The HOAs are going to rally the troops right, and know. how many you want. You're going to tell us, okay, our neighborhood wants 30 dozen, and we're going to be there at Tuesday at 8 30. Cash ready, be, be in a line, we can't wait, we got the next neighborhood. And during the peak of that, we went from maybe, like I said, 100, 150 dozen to 750 dozen in a, in a day. It's crazy. How did you make that many donuts? Well, we had, to, we had to add another donut machine. Most of our staff is high schools, right? Nobody's going to school, so I'm like, hey, you got friends? Yeah. You got friends? Bring them all. Bring them. You know, I'm a, I'm a clean freak and a neat freak. But our donut room was super tight quarters. Okay. They're having fun. Yeah. Music's playing. They're laughing and cutting up. There's donut icing everywhere. These girls are covered head to toe. Right. Like, I would walk in and I would cringe to them like, this is such a mess, but I'm like, let them have fun. We can clean the mess. We were a 24-7 donut operator. 
750 dozen donuts a day. That's 9,000 a day. Our suppliers will be like, hey, triple our order today. We need, you know, instead of five five gallon buckets, we need 20. Right. Is there, is there a particular verse or a piece of scripture or what have you gone to that, that's helped you, helped guide you through all of this? One of my life verses has always been Jeremiah 29 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to um, prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. There is a hope and there is a future in Christ. God's plans are to prosper us, not to harm us. Even though we might be going through trials and tribulations, to kind of have those seeds in, in your heart and in your mind that God's looking out for you um, and just kind of keep the faith. One of the things that we talked about when we opened Heirloom was just we wanted to be a business that honored God. And no matter what is thrown at us, we should be as God-honoring as we possibly can. And in this case, this is an opportunity for us to to honor Him in a way that when things are hard, this is He's who we're going to turn to. We honor God through this. It doesn't matter like how hard it is. That's 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 what we do here. accept it and and like I said move forward and we've got to take care of our people and we know if this is where God wants us he's going to help us do that too so and we've we've not like since we the day we've opened it's never been easy like as we first opened I think it wasn't just a couple weeks before we opened is when Audrina passed no Audrina had her stroke yeah she had her stroke and then... And Audrina was a family member. Yeah, she was our five-year-old niece, who was okay. the exact same age as our oldest son. Okay. And so it was like, you know... Devastating. It's like watching one of your own kids go through all that. And then, you know, three months after we opened, we, we, we all go through COVID. And that's a new, unknown battle. And then, you know, this is just... We feel like it's another battle. Um, our hearts have always been to honor God in our business. Laura and Justin Gibson lost the structure on Georgia 54 in Sharpsburg. They lost their business. The artisans that they hosted in the marketplace lost all of their inventory. They lost their paycheck. But Laura and Justin will never lose their faith in God. Like so many of you on your way home, Wednesday, September 21st, saw the smoke and flames and wondered what was happening. And those curious about the smoke included Laura, who was on her front porch at the time. We only live a mile down the road, so I look outside and I see smoke. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And of course, it's not pretty smoke. It is like black, yeah. ugly smoke. Yeah. And so it, it's I a, it's know. a wood structure. This, 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 right. this home was yeah. a tool. Yeah. So I finally called him and he's just his, I mean, not, not hysterical, but he's like, Laura, the building's on fire, the building's on fire. So of course, immediately I'm like, surely it's not as bad as he's making it seem, but he's not one for hysterics. So I knew it was bad enough that he was kind of freaking out. And you had out. seen the smoke. I could see home. the smoke. And so, but of course you're like, that's not my surely yeah. that's not as bad as it seems. So um, I called my sister and at this point, of course, I'm crying. My kids are like, what's going on? And I'm like, you know, Aunt Che is coming over. She's going to watch you guys. I've got to go. And so when she got there, I left. And in fact, a couple of our neighbors who know we own Heirloom came to the house and they were like, can we take your kids? And I, I was like, 
yes, like I've got to get out of here. By the time I made it here, the building was engulfed. So, and it had only been about, what, 20 minutes um, that it had been burning by the time I made it. But it was, I think by that point, the firefighters were like, we're just containing it right, now. Right, right, right. So it was, it was devastating. The community outpouring of love and support has been overwhelming. We feel like we pour ourselves into our business, our employees, and our community, and to see that the community, when something happened, did the same for us. I think that this building, to so many people in this community, uh, people go back there mentally and in their minds to different stages of their lives in this building. I've heard that from so many people too, whether it was the tea room, moms and daughters coming to have tea. Jasmine, I believe it was, Jasmine, Jasmine tea room. Tea room yep. uh, maybe it was the um, Mr. Walters, I believe, who, who served, you know, who, who sold hams out of here back in the, this, I, I think he was the original owner of the facility. Of the original building, yeah. In the late 80s, early 90s, Mike and Gwen Wilson bought that original building and then remodeled it into what you would see when before we bought the okay. building kind of created what was collector's corner in the jazz okay. tea room miss miss gwen is I th it's probably mid to late 80s and we bought we had the chance to buy the building from them a couple of years ago and we've had a great relationship with them ever since and she was actually across the street at costco when she came out the building was on fire wow and so when i came out of the when i came out of the building I saw her in the corner of the parking lot, and I was, she's over there just distraught. And, um, and I mean, I went over to her, we cried together just because it's like, I know that this was their baby before it was ours. And I know that they, they poured their, their hearts and souls and blood, sweat and tears and money into creating it just to see all of that kind of, I mean, in literal sense, go up in smoke, go up in flames and it's almost like two generations right, right, true. that all experienced it together. Um, I mean, it was heartbreaking. I, I, it broke my heart to see her over there watching. And she was at Costco across the street. Yeah, just kind of like the fact that she was 100 yards away. I, she was placed there, I think. Yeah. She was placed there, and I believe. During our visit on the side porch last week at Heirloom, I kept hearing over and over the word community. Like, obviously, I, I'm emotional about it. It has been moving, like, just really touching. The building is right in front of, of T.C. Uh, Trinity Christian. Mm -hmm. I had always heard about Coach Dallas, and I know he's a very faithful and spiritual man. I'd always heard about him, that he, he, he told his young men uh, every season, that there are two types of people in the world. Mm -hmm. There are those that run towards the fire mm -hmm. and there are those that run away from the fire. And on Wednesday, September 21st, these young men, these student athletes, these men of Christ that go to TC and play on the football team, the varsity team was practicing mm -hmm. when the fire started. Two of the firefighters showed up the next day to check on us and just make sure we were doing okay. And one of them came up and he started tearing up and he was like those, those kids that came, the football players that ran down after practice. He's like, they don't know what that meant to us. And I'm like getting teary just talking about it. But 
He said, obviously we can't fight a fire without water and that's the hardest part. And the fire was scary, I would say. I mean, it was big, it was right. not. I've seen, I've seen photographs. And these guys like dropped everything, came down, were like, how can we help? Grabbed the hose and ran up. I was just so impressed because it's just not very often that you hear those like yeah. really feel good stories. These kids like, to run to a fire, to run to danger. Literally. Literally, literally run to the fire. That just speaks of their character. I got nothing to worry about When you're by my side When you're a firefighter preparing to go to work either to battle the fire or, you know, pump the fire, it's, it's an exhausting task for it for anybody and having to take the hose and flake it out and get it hooked up to a hydrant establish the water it, it it drains you quickly for these kids to be able to come in and help do that it just took a literally took a load off the firefighters I got nothing to worry about. have you talked to coach Dallas? yeah so i actually after the firefighters were here i called him crying and um i'm gonna get emotional that's too all right, but that's all right. he he was telling me just about, you know, I tell my guys to run toward or... You, you got to do it in that voice. I'm not going to emulate Coach Dallas. Give us Coach Dallas. Give us Coach Dallas. I do have a friend Coach Dallas. He's the best. He's like, that's what my guys do. Even though so much bad came out of it, but so much good came out of this too. And these guys just, I wanted their parents to know. Yes. I was just really like, yes. their parents need to know, like, and their grandparents and whoever else, like, how proud they should have been for these kids and their peers. We should be up and running locally um, here soon, temp like in a temp spot. Okay. We love this location and so obviously that's that Our initial desire is here. rebuild on the same property. Yeah. Um, if there's a way to keep the aesthetic of the building, we'd love to do that. We know there's building codes and stuff that are in place right. um, that that could change that. Because maybe they weren't prior. So originally, we were grandfathered in with this building, okay. um, and we were able to keep the lap siding and just the architectural right, details. Right. This is called the Quality Corridor District or something like that. and. Most buildings along this area look like that, or like I mean, it's it's brick and stucco and right, glass, right, and right. it's just the aesthetic that they want to carry. Um, if we still have, if we can go back and make it look somewhat similar, we would love to do that. If it has to be changed, you know, and we'll do that as well. Okay. Um, our hopes, our hopes are to rebuild in the same spot and and bring the market and the bake shop back, and you know. Uh, more suitable to our needs. We want to do what's best um, for our family, what's best for the community, what's best for Trinity, um, and and I mean our, our 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 business, our vendors, our employees. I mean, we want to keep them all employed. We want to right. keep. We we felt like we were the um, not the caretakers, but I mean we housed sixty to seventy different businesses inside of our walls, and. Um, you know, we were we were a, a place for a lot of these people to have a brick and mortar that couldn't do it otherwise right, right. because of the size of their business, or they were wanting to go out and establish a new business, and 
it, not that we gave it to them, but they had the opportunity to, to start that and do that and maybe chase their dreams. Right. And we want to keep that. Um, we are small business owners. We are, you know, entrepreneurial dreamers. But um, we just feel like that's what makes the community the community. I'll tell you, Coach, that when I first heard the story of what happened and the heroism and the bravery that these young student athletes uh, showed on that uh, Wednesday, September 21st, I teared up. I'm a grown man. I'm 48 years old. I got three kids. They're all grown. And I got emotional thinking, yes, thinking about what those young men did in that moment of desperation. Kind of everybody kind of figured out, I guess, started seeing the fire at different times or seeing the smoke. Um, at you know at different times or whatnot, but we had boys just come from different directions. In fact, one of the boys was actually in his car, was driving away, and he told me he said, "I just remember what we're always challenged, and we, we you know we tell guys all the time, man, you know different different ways, different 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 ways to separate men, and one of the ways is we say some men run towards danger and help others, and some men run run away." And he said he literally thought about that in his car and turned wow. right around just to go back to see if wow. there anything he could do to help. Yeah, really proud of these kids. The, uh, the Noonan Fire Department went to visit with, with Laura and, and Justin the next day just to check in with them. And one of the Noonan firefighters got emotional when he was talking with them about how much yeah. help that your, your young student athletes, the football team at Trinity Christian, the Lions were because, and you know, Justin was a firefighter himself for seven years. And, 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 and I Justin, didn't even know that. Yes, sir. In Fayette yeah. County counties. And so Justin said to me, coach, he said, I know exactly how much work those young men did. He said, that is the most grueling part of fighting a fire is finding water wow. and running those huge hoses. He said, those, awesome. he said, those young men were so helpful because they allowed the firefighters to save their energy. To, to fight the fire and to read the fire yeah. and to focus on fighting the fire and trying to at least contain it at that point because it was as you know it was a monstrous fire at uh, yep. in Ireland. I have uh, yep. I have on the line I'm going to pull her in if you don't mind Laura Gibson I'm going to merge calls here and pull Laura in she wants to say hello to you Hey Coach Dallas Hey hi Laura how you doing I'm good how are you Good wonderful I want to know Laura if you would do your impression of Coach Dallas I will not do it. <laughs> did, hey, Coach, did you know that Laura did you? Did, did she has an impression of you? I, you know what? Uh, I, there's no telling. I'm sure there's some good impressions and some bad impressions. So uh, uh, just hopefully it's a favorable thing. It's, I'm sure it is. It's all good. <laughs> I'll have to show them in person at some point, but... What's a two, I know I know that from visiting with you and Justin Lard, the, the, the Trinity Christian Lions, the football team, and, and, and their bravery and their heroism on that day, that September 21st, I know how much that meant to you guys. We're just so grateful that these guys have people in their lives who are encouraging them to do the right thing or to help yeah. others in, yeah. in a time of need. Is yeah. that something that yeah. you, you instill in your student-athletes every season? You always have, Coach, right? Our desire over at Trinity, look, we want to win, but we want to win both on the field and off the field. And, and it, it, it's an invaluable part. In fact, there's a scripture that says, what will profit a man if he gains the entire world? And so, so as a coaching staff, we kind of every year we kind of start with, what would it profit us if we win a state championship but we lose souls of our kids, you know? And so we, we know that every one of our boys, they're not all going to be college football players and very few of them will ever be NFL players, but every one of them are going to be daddies and husbands and leaders of their community in some way. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we absolutely want to hire men and women as coaches who will invest 
and put good seeds in the hearts of these boys. So we're, listen, we're blessed because at Trinity, we have awesome, awesome parents. And they and they want their kids pushed. They want them to get pushed not just physically and academically, but mentally and socially and spiritually. We're blessed with great parents and great kids. I hear people a lot of times say, kids today, and then they say all kinds of bad stuff. It's just, it's just not my, that's not my experience. The experience that I have with our kids is, man, if they're challenged, they'll go after it. And they work hard and they're willing to, I don't know, help others and, and, and take care of others. 16-year-old boys need to be challenged to do hard things. This is the bottom line. And, and our kids do it, and I couldn't be more proud of these kids. Coach Dallas, is it fair to say it all starts at home? Oh, there, there's no question. There's no I mean, Look, there's no question. People all day long can sit around and say, the problem with this world is this and that. And, I mean, they, there's all kinds of ways to kind of separate people up. But, man, these kids are just great reflections of their of their moms and dads. My, my guess is probably a bunch of these kids, their parents, are still people trying to support Laura right now. And how can we support Heirloom now going forward? Where can we shop? Where can we? I mean, because it's just it's what they do. What a lot of people know Heirloom as is when the virus happens, they're out there in their truck going around giving out donuts to first responders, to nurses, and to this and and that and so what's interesting you know the old saying what comes around goes around and and a man reaps what he sows and stuff like that I mean what a name heirloom has in our community so all I've heard at Trinity is how can we give back to people who have been given to us for years so well put Uh, coach uh, looking ahead tonight man we got to LaGrange coming up how we looking what are we going to do uh, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to get after them. We're, we're 4-0 in region play. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're ranked 10th in the state. I think we're ranked 7th or 8th, and it's going to be a great ball game, and we're, we're going to get after them, boys. 7.30 kick tonight at uh, Trinity Christian Home of the Lions. Coach, please uh, let these uh, young student athletes, these young men know uh, how much uh, they are appreciated. Laura, it just makes you emotional, does it not? It really does. I, I'm, I'm emotional, like, just listening to it, so... <laughs> Laura, thank yeah. you. Send my best to Justin. Y'all take care of yourselves. I'll be in touch. Tell the till the fine lines that we said. Doug, good luck tonight. Thanks for all y'all do. Okay. Thank, thank you, coach. guys. People need inspiring stories. Desperate, I think, our culture for, for inspiring stories like this. So, um, means a lot. The world needs more Gibsons. Absolutely. You know, uh, the world will be a better place for more Gibsons. Be a leader in school. Sit next to the kid that has nobody to sit with. Partner up with the quiet kid on the upcoming project. Uh, buy lunch for somebody who looks like they need it. Leave an anonymous thank you note for a teacher. Tell bullies to stop. Character always wins. And character is so important to Coach Kenny Dallas. And those uh, young student athletes were such a part of this story. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Check My Second Act from The Ellen Show and Warner Brothers Television and Taylor Swift and Republic Universal Music. Our thanks to executive producers Carl Appen and Hans Appen. Production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes of Cadillac Jack, my second act on Tuesday and Thursday. We are proud to be part of the App and Podcast Network. The episode that you've been listening to was recorded at noon Eastern on Monday, October 24th. If you're listening on Upload Day, today's Tuesday, October 25th. After the episode was sent to the App and Podcast Network, we learned that actor Leslie Jordan was killed in a car crash in Hollywood Around 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. This is a gay bar? Well, I had no idea. I'm a half a mind to storm out of here right this minute.
but my other half wants to stay and finish my refreshing lemon draw. I am so sorry I missed the ceremony. But tell me this, darling, do they still say, till death do us part when the bride is a vampire? <laughs> Careful with those tips. I want them nice and pointy in case I have to stab someone in the neck. If it isn't my dear friend, Karen Walker. So nice to see you. Why, Beverly Leslie, if you'd sit on a phone book, it would be nice to see you, too. What was it that I was supposed to apologize for again? What did I say? You know that I'm a homosexual. Huh? That I'm a homosexual. What? I'm a homosexual. I'm a homosexual. <laughs> We've talked a lot during this podcast about Leslie Jordan, most recently when he dropped his gospel album called Companies Coming. Had an all-star cast of Nashville country artists, including Chris Stapleton, Dolly Parton, Ashley McBride, and more. Born in Chattanooga, played Beverly Leslie on Will and Grace, had roles in a dozen other shows. He was funny, he worked hard to maintain his sobriety, and he was proud of the person that he was. During the pandemic, he gained millions and millions and millions of followers on TikTok and Instagram. And here at the Jack's house, Leslie Jordan provided comedic relief nearly every day during a very trying time for us all. Leslie Jordan was 67. Today, I found this interview on YouTube with Leslie Jordan sharing a very touching story about his childhood with Katie Couric from December 1st, 2021. Godspeed, Leslie Jordan. My mother was 19 when I was born. Daddy was 22. You think back, you think, my God, just babies, raising babies. But we were never at home. You know, we were always on the go. Um, my, uh, my, my mother and my maternal grandmother, her mother, I think took one look at little Leslie and thought, He's going to need some help. <laughs> because, you know, I wasn't like the other uh, boys. I didn't play. I didn't like sports. You know, and they created, they circle the wagons as only good Southern mothers can do. <laughs> yeah. They circle those wagons and created this um, amazing little secret garden where I could play with dolls. You know, I could twirl a baton. You know, I could do whatever I wanted to do. But... <laughs> Then, you know, you just knew you don't tell daddy, you know, because I would, I would sew doll clothes. I said, I'm going to show daddy. No, no, don't show daddy. Let's just don't show daddy. And then, you know, my dad would come home. He was a lieutenant colonel in the army. I was not exactly the son he envisioned. And so he would, and I would be twirling a baton in the front yard. You know? And then, you but know. But he adored me. He, he adored me. And, and, and you lost him when you were just 11 years 11. old. 11. What he, happened? He was flying. He was in the Army Reserves by then, and he was flying to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and this plane, there were 10 men on it, just undershot the runway. It was just, but, you know, a terrible time for a kid to lose his dad. You know, and especially, and it's so funny because I thought that maybe, 
I had been somewhat of a disappointment to him. And um, I mentioned that to my mother, and she was flabbergasted. She said, your daddy adored you. You know, but it's just, I don't know. You know, I felt like because I wasn't good. And then she told me this crazy story. She said, you know, when you were little, we took you to a wedding. And uh, uh, Alan, my dad kept saying, Peggy, he's not going to sit still. I'm a very excitable boy. (laughs) And they were right. I was up. I was down. And mother thought, well, I'm going to have to take him out. And mother said, all of a sudden, the bride swept down the aisle. And she said, I just froze like a pointer dog. (laughs) And couldn't get that bride. And all I could talk about when I got home, and I made up a a game called Bright and Goon. And I was the bride. And I had... (laughs) I had an angel food cake pan on my head. <laughs> and I'd taken mother's white tear cloth bathrobe and slipped it on backwards. It was empire waist. It was beautiful. It was, and I had, and I made my cousin Karen uh, walk me around. She, I made her be the goon and walk me all around my house. <laughs> and then for Christmas, I wanted a bride doll. That's what I wanted. And my daddy said to my mother, I'm not going to get him a bride doll, Peggy. I'm just not. You know, you're t- we're talking the 50s. You know, we're talking the 1950s. And I'm wanting a bride doll. And so mother said, well, let's just don't mention it again, and maybe he'll forget about it. You know, but mm-mm, it's all I could talk about Christmas Eve. So mother said, well, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're going to say to him in the morning, Alan. But, and so she heard the front door shut, and my daddy went out. This would have been 19, well, I was whatever, 58 and bought his, 12, his three-year-old son the most beautiful bride doll. Mother said it was, it was in, in a box of cellophane. And she said, when I came down the steps and I saw her under the tree, I squatted in the floor and peed. I just peed all over the... Godspeed, Leslie Jordan.